Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Hey, we finally hit 50 followers. Way to go, guys. Super proud of everybody. So, a few corrections from last week. A, Michael Waltrip won the Daytona 500 when Dale Earnhardt passed away. Two, it was 108 years between Cubs World Series. Three, I need to expand on my Western Conference domination. So, in the last 15 years, the Western Conference has won 9 out of the last 15 championships. Out of the last 10 years, it's 5-5. and Okay? Out of the last 5 years, it's Western Conference 3, Eastern Conference 2. So, a little bit of parity. A little bit, however, a little bit of not complete domination, but still... They have won more championships in the last 15 years and the last five years. So needed to expand on that as well. Other than that, I think uh, last week's episode went, out, went on without a hitch. Uh, got some positive feedback, so that was a plus. Uh, was going to do an MLB preview this week. Uh, start the AL anyways. But since the major... Oh, and we'll get to that in a second too. Uh, Major League Baseball decided to cancel or postpone spring training games till March 5th. Therefore, we're going to push back our baseball preview. We are also going to... uh, So, I think we'll do the AL in two weeks and the NL the following week after that. And then we'll break down of who's making the playoffs and who's going to win the World Series. We're also going to... Also, the 95 season, I did say last week, uh, was a full season. However, I was not correct on that one either. It was only 144 games. Obviously, that's probably, again, what's probably going to happen this year. But I think the owners have already put themselves in a bad spot by telling the players, hey, if we don't have a deal done by Monday, the 28th, then we're going to start canceling the games. Okay, well, as as a baseball fan and also as a as a guy, you know, doing a sports podcast, so I look at this as the owners are trying to overplay their hand by getting more power, getting more leverage, and most unions have a pay fund for players. So like your level lower level guys are going to still get paid a certain amount uh, even if there's no games. That's what the union is there for, that's what the union does. 
Uh, your higher profile guys are going to obviously take home a little bit less out of that pay fund. And that pay fund is basically set up for your middle of the road guys, your bench player guys. So, so the owners are on a power grab right now. And I don't think it's going to play well too, too well for them. Uh, I think that, A, you're going to end up losing games. At this point, that's what it looks like it's going to happen. Unless they can magically strike a deal um, come the 28th. The owners are probably going to go through that threat. But then, if you look at it, the owners are trying to get more money out of the players. Half. Rather than... So, they're trying to get more money out of the players instead of having the players be able to take some more money because the players get money out of what's ever spent on baseball um, to put back into player funds, back to retirement funds, um, to provide resources for the players. That's what it does. Like that's They're not just making themselves more cushier. No, that's not, that's not how that's working because they have an old retirement fund that helps fund... All the retirees, every union, every sports union has that. Um, but if you look at the lockouts, you know for the last, uh, you had uh, you had the basketball lockout in '99, you had the football lockout there for a second, like and now baseball, and then also hockey. I mean, every every sports had a lockout so far in the last twenty two years, and. It's the owners just trying to get more money. And I understand the owners are, it's a business and you're trying to make as much money as you can. But the players also have to look out for themselves too. Because they have a short window to to monetize their talents that they are getting paid to do. So, again, I, I do believe that we're going to have some games lost. And it's going to hurt baseball at the end of the day because... Your casual fans of baseball are, that are watching this are going to end up turning off baseball. So now you got a $9 billion product out there and and you're going to lose money off of it when that shouldn't be the case. So, But they're all businessmen. They all know what they're doing, right? And I'm sitting behind the podcast. So I guess there's that. So this week, uh, since we're not talking Major League Baseball, I'm going to hit some more fan email, uh, some more listener email. Got, got another one in this last week, uh, that I thought was very intriguing. Uh, listener wanted to know about drugs and sports and substance abuse. So we are going to chat about that. Drugs and alcohol abuse in sports is a microcosm of society. Um, Alcohol abuse has been um, uh, around in baseball for a long time. Drug abuse, the same way. The only difference is now we're testing for it. And Major League Baseball has the newest testing, drug testing program uh, since they just... uh, created one in 2001 or 2003. Then you have football, who has the longest drug testing program in sports, which it started in the 80s. Uh, 
So a little bit of history of drug and alcohol abuse in sports is you have <clears throat> perfect example is Babe Ruth. I mean, the guy would eat hot dogs and drink beer. Uh, he was that <laughs> he was. I don't know if he would ever show up to a game drunk. I don't know if he would ever show up to a game hung, game hung over. However, I'm sure he did at some point because he was a huge alcohol abuser and womanizer um, back in the 30s. That's what he did. Uh, he ruffled some feathers with his teammates. He, Lou Gehrig wasn't fond of him because of how he acted. Um, Lou Gehrig was more of a professional, and Babe Ruth was a party boy. Um and then you can jump ahead to the 50s, and you got Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford and Yogi Berra and Don Larson would go out and just get hammered all the time on the on the Yankees teams. You have heck, Don Larson even said when he threw his perfect game in in the World Series that he was still drunk from the night before. Um, so you have. So basically, that was pretty rampant from through the 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And then once the 60s came around, you end up having harder, you end up having street drugs. Uh, had players doing amphetamines, uh, doing blues and greenies uh, to gain an edge. Um, and then the 80s, you had, you had a rampant cocaine problem in basketball and you had a rampant steroid problem in football and then in the 90s it became a steroid problem in baseball and then and now now we have drug testing programs to a test for any banned substances uh, which include your steroid and your your steroids and your steroid diluters and your all the drugs that can hide things in it as well. Um, but they have actually done some some positive work too because they have said that we will allow that we're not going to not allow, but we'll we're going to categorize steroids and your cocktails and all of that sorts to gain that edge. We're going to treat those differently than how we treat a guy that's using heroin, cocaine, marijuana. So you have a guy that's using heroin, cocaine, marijuana. Now the first offense is going to be, uh, in most cases, in most of the sports, the first offense is that you, they provide treatment for you. Second offense is then you are suspended and you still have to do treatment. Third is in some cases you are banned from the league, either infinite, um, it's a either indefinite suspension, or it's as in football cases, it's a one year suspension, and then that is then up to the commissioner whether or not you come back. You have in hockey that they allow you to smoke marijuana um, at certain points or during the season because they. They are not treating it as hard as they do the other drugs since it has become illegal in most states. And it's legal in Canada where hockey is a huge thing. Uh, you have baseball that really hasn't bought into that yet. Baseball is still treating marijuana as hard as it does on other things as well. 
and baseball has probably one of the strictest drug policies. And I think they went a little overboard with that as well, because, you know, you had the steroid era that everybody's complaining about, but you're going to put the commissioner of the steroid era into the hall of fame, but you're not going to put any of the players that have allegedly taken steroids that have not been proven a fact like Clemens, like bonds. Those guys were never, uh, they never tested positive for any substances. Uh, it was all hearsay and it was all assumptions is what it is. Um, and the culture of the clubhouse has changed completely since the sixties and seventies as well to now. Um, before it was whatever happened in the clubhouse stayed in the clubhouse because reporters didn't have access to the clubhouse back then. Um, now the leagues have given reporters complete access to everything throughout the league and they have mandatory interviews. So a lot of the signs of drug abuse are coming out and a lot of the, it gets reported on a lot more now than it ever did as well. Because, you know, a lot of times back then as well, the reporters were friends with the players and now the reporters have kind of separated themselves from that. So, so you have a, a lot of things going on in all four sports of the four major sports in North America. Um, basketball stopped testing for marijuana when it came out of the, out of the back in 2020, when they started the, the bubble, they weren't going to test for marijuana at all that raised some feathers, but they haven't reinstated that testing either. And there's a lot of players that advocate for marijuana use, not just for recreational use, but for also pain management. Same with football players. Football players are the same way. They, they want, they've been trying to get, uh, marijuana to be more of a pain management situation rather than having it be illegal and having them not be able to use it. Um, and I think that's fair. I mean, we, again, we have it legal in most states or metal have medical use for it for sure. Um, and then Canada again has, has it legalized. So, I think it's only a matter of time where, where baseball comes around um, to that idea, um, and hockey has even stepped it up even a, a touch further. Uh, your first offense on use of any other street drug is has been raised to the amount that can be in your system. So I think it's a matter of of all sports finally coming to the realization of what, what the real world's like. It's no longer trying to be, they're no longer trying to dictate what the players can do outside of the sport. Like they usually, like they have in the past. I know they still have contract clauses in there that they can't do certain things, but with the more legalization of, of drugs, the leagues are going to have to follow suit at some point. Um, the world drug administration, uh, WADA, they frown upon how, how not stringent we are. Sports are on their drug testing, but at the same time, you guys, they, they have to look at it as a, 
And most of them use WADA as as their testing. Uh, as the people that administer the test, they'll use the same the same people, the same companies as that as well. So I think over a matter of time, it's just going to become more and more acceptable to use marijuana. Um, the other stuff, you're still going to have steroids issues um, that you're going to have to deal with. But I really think that we've gone overboard on the steroid aspect of it as well. The steroids are a huge a huge thing in all sports and you know in the 80s that's that's all they pumped up was just steroids you know they'd get horse injections like i mean Lyle's data of the raiders said he he used steroids all the time now he said he got his brain tumor from that however doctors have now have doctors even at the time and now after his death have stated that his brain tumor wasn't from steroid use so, I think we have to look at that as well, um, and really put into perspective of what we're actually doing here. So, um, well, and guess what we get to do now? We get to have a quick little ad break since we have reached fifty followers. So since I don't know how to figure out how to throw that ad in here, like that's the thing that I'll just have to figure out. Whatever. Moving on. So Lyle Zeta dies because of steroids, not because of steroids, but because of the assumed assumption, be because of the assumption of steroid use. Doctors, like I said, have since determined that that was not the case. Um, but steroids get this big old stigma out there that they're super bad. That you're yes, then that they they cause all sorts of side effects, which. They do. Again, let me iterate something right now. I am not a medical professional. I am not trying to be a medical professional. And therefore, any and all opinions that are going to be giving from now on about steroid use is just that, my opinion. So please do not take it out there and go then to go do steroids and say, well, Chad Kane on the one guy with a mic sportscast told me I could use steroids and I'd just be fine. That's not what I'm telling you guys. Okay? Not at all what I'm saying. All right? So, steroids get this huge stigma. It becomes rampant. It becomes a big issue. People start are like, oh, no, big bad steroids. But let's really break down what steroids actually do. Steroids break give you the opportunity to recover faster after working out. So, it's not going to make you build bigger muscles. The steroid is not going to build the muscles for you. You still have to do the workout in order to do that. The steroids are going to allow you to recover faster. So, if I want to do just concentrate on my arms for an entire week, then I take my cocktail of steroids, I work on my hours, and work my arms out. It gives me the energy to do that every single day, if not more than once a day as well. So, you can get big by using steroids. Yeah. Steroids also, over time, has side effects like acne issues, estrogen issues in men. So you'll just develop man boobs and smaller testicles, all right? Let's be real about this. There are side effects just like there's side effects to everything else. However, I think we have taken a huge 
stance on steroid use in sports. I think we've gone overblown on it as then the fact of baseball is going to ban you for an entire year. Or I should say, ban you for a lifetime. Okay? Football, your first your first uh, suspension with steroids in football is four games. It's a quarter of a season. Baseball, we suspend you for 50 games. That's a third of the season. And then... And then it just gets... Then it's... Or it's 80 games. It's like half a season, and then it's like almost a full season, and then... And then it's a full season, and then it's abandoned baseball. Like, let's let's be smart here, people. Okay, we didn't have a problem with the steroids when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were hitting home runs all over the place. And again, it doesn't help you hit a home run. Let's be clarify that as well. Steroids do not let you hit a home run. It will let you. It will get you the muscles to therefore be able to hit the ball harder. However, you still have to be able to hit a curveball and a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. That's all I'm saying, folks. If you can't hit a 92-mile-an-hour fastball or you can't hit an 87-mile curveball or a slider, you're screwed, and you're not going to make it in the league. So it doesn't let you hit a fastball. doesn't let you hit a curveball. You still have to be able to have the hand-eye coordination in order to do it. So why are we penalizing guys or a moral, let's break it down real quick. Steroid use is a moral issue. Is it morally right or is it not morally right in order to use steroids? And that's, and all morals are, is a personal decision. Is a personal preference. Okay? Now, you have different suspensions. We look at football players as gladiators. Baseball players aren't supposed to be gladiators, apparently. And whatever. Basketball players aren't going to use steroids because there's it doesn't it would help them on leg day. However, the difference between being able to jump is your smaller fiber muscles rather than your large fiber muscles. So, yeah, you could use it there, but you're going to make but you're going to build the bigger ones first and not the smaller ones. So that's what you have to do endurance stuff and box jump as jumps and stuff like that in order to get that extra couple inches that you need, or you need to do weighted jumps. So baseball, so basketball doesn't really have a steroid problem. Basketball has a marijuana problem. And I wouldn't even say it's a problem because guys need it. Like, and I wouldn't say you need it. However, if it helps with pain, helps with your mental stability Helps has all these medicinal uses because we have to remember marijuana is that was a medicinal drug that was legal up until the thirties. <laughs> most of our most of our drug laws are due to the thirties when everybody thought everything needed to be prohibited because of society was being ruined by it all, like. And then you have the war on drugs in the 70s, which didn't really benefit anybody either. So, I mean, it's it's crazy to me how, how, how we don't evolve in sports as fast as we evolve with some rules in society. 
like it's there's a there's a hindrance there. Again, it goes to the fact that you have seventy percent of your football players are black. Eighty percent of your basketball players are black. You have Dominicans. You have a, you have Dominicans, Haitians, Venezuelans, uh, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Americans. You have, I mean, a wide range of athletes in baseball, and they're from all different sorts of countries from around the world. Baseball is a world sport. It's right up there with soccer and cricket as being a worldwide sport. Remember, basketball had to catch up to that. Basketball was never really a worldwide sport. Basketball had to, the NBA had to expand to other countries in order to make it really a worldwide sport. So, so steroid use, so let's get back on, on the topic of steroid use. Steroid use, like I said, is going to help you recover. It's not going to help you hit a ball, hit the ball. It's not going to improve your hand-eye coordination. It might actually take some out of the way. Like, it's going to bulk you up. Now, is that beneficial as a baseball player? Most likely not. It's not really beneficial as a baseball player because baseball, you need this, You also need to be speed, have speed as well. Um, I mean, and Barry Bonds is the perfect example. Here's the guy that's not in the Hall of Fame because of alleged steroid use because his name was tied to Balco and to the Balco investigation. And he's not in the Hall of Fame because... Oh, he, he didn't get along with reporters, basically what it was. The reporters didn't like him. So, to me, Bond should be in the Hall of Fame for, as I've stated before, he had four MVP awards before his alleged steroid use. And the only reason why he did is because everybody else is doing it. Like, if McGuire and Sosa are doing it, then I'm a, like, like, that's how things work in sports, is you try to gain an edge. Now, you can gain an edge legally or you can gain an edge illegally. Steroids are on and are basically, I don't know if they're illegal, but I know they're a substance too. So there, there's some, there is some restrictions to those that use. But if a guy gets busted for it, man, let's, Let's really just have the conversation with the guy, or have him go get ther- go get therapy, or see a psychologist about the usage and whether to find out if he's actually full blown user or not, or if he just used it the most one time. And then the scope of things that some of these guys can get popped for is unbelievable on this ban list. Like if they take a protein shake that you can buy over the counter that has something on the ban list, like they can get suspended for eighty games for it. Like, let's really think. If I can provide you with the substance that I took that gave me my positive test and show you that, hey, this is where this is where we're at, this is what I took, this is exactly what I took, then, and I bought it over the counter. I went to GNC and bought it. So it's legal for the public to buy it, but I can't buy it because I'm a pro athlete. That's ridiculous to me. If a guy has has to take asthma, and it has to has asthma and has an inhaler, and inhalers have steroids in them. Like you have to jump through so many hoops in order to just be able to 
have medical, be able to use certain medical drugs with with these leagues, and it shouldn't be that hard. Like you have to see your your doctor has to provide the prescription to the league doctor, doctor, and the league doctor has to approve it, and then it's got to go to the commissioner to approve to say, oh yeah, you're fine, and if you ever get popped for it, we know now why. And if you forget. If you don't do one of those, if you don't do that step of getting your doctor to give the prescription to the lead doctor, then, and you get popped, you're getting suspended. And that's ridiculous to me. Like, our, our whole issue in sports with, sport, with drug use is mind-boggling to me. Yes, yeah, some drugs we should, we should definitely crack down on, okay? There are drugs that definitely should be cracked down on. But drug use has been rampant in sports since sports started. Every <laughs> everything has led up to this to having to have drug drug policies in place. But we went overblown with them back in the eighties and nineties. In baseball, recently as recently as two thousand and four, like we went overblown with this. Okay, so let's evaluate these and figure out. Oh, hey. You know what? This drug, yeah, if we don't want you guys doing heroin, obviously we don't want you shooting up heroin. Okay? But if you're at a party and you accidentally, I don't know, snort some croke, snort, snort, snort some coke, or shoot a heroin because everybody else is doing it, whatnot, like, is this a one time deal? Or is the, are you now going to be an addict and we're going to, let's, help people out is what I'm getting at. Sports figures already have enough pressure as it is in having to perform every single day. Every single day they have to be performing at their best. If they don't, they lose their job. If And granted, you know what? I, As a working person, I get that. All working people understand that. If we don't perform at our job, but if we don't perform one time or it becomes a pattern where we don't perform, then yeah, we're going to lose our job. Uh, same with sports, sports people. Like it's, that's how that works. However, they're, they are on a microscopic level because not only are they going to hear it from their coach, they're going to hear it from the GM. They're going to hear it from the president of, of the, of operations. They're going to hear it from the owner. Then, then they're going to hear it from the fans. They're going to hear it from, from one of you guys listening to this podcast about how crappy they are. All because they had a bad game. They're going to get death threats because they missed a field goal in, the, in a playoff game. Like, So think about what you guys do to relax. You guys drink beer, right? Oh, beer drinkers on here, I'm sure. Okay, I'm sure we got some weed smokers on here too. Okay, So you do that stuff to relax, right? Because you've had a stressful day. Well... Shouldn't we give the athletes the same, the same type of situation as if if they're having a stressful day? Hey, let them have that. Let them do what they need to do. You know, to take care of that at a reasonable stance. Like I said, if you if you're shooting up heroin, probably a problem, bro. If you're snorting coke, probably a problem, bro. Like smoking a little weed, probably not a problem. Just saying. I mean, your lungs aren't going to like you, but whatever. So, and I think we need to lessen the penalties on steroid use. 
I think we need to lessen the penalties on certain uses. Baseball is out of, is way out of whack. Baseball is crazy out of whack. Now, football, you know, that's probably about right. Four games, six games, eight games, whatever it is, that's probably about right. Okay? But let's take that in context and let's add that to the baseball side of it as well. Like, and baseball has a longer season. So, hey, if you get pop of steroids, all right, so you're out. You, I mean, what, what's it take? Like, probably a month to get steroids out of your system? All right, you're suspended for the next 30 days. There, you get you're suspended for thirty days. Oh, you want to you want to get popped a second time in the same. And here's the thing: if it happens in the same season, good, suspend him longer. But if it happens in one season and then in the next season, okay. So, so here's for instance: for instance, if I get if I'm a professional baseball player for the Chicago Cubs, okay, and I test positive for steroid use, all right, my first suspension should be thirty days. Now. We're in the let's say we're in the 2023 season, okay? I'm out here performing what I do best, you know, racking up millions, getting things done, and I test positive for steroids halfway through the season. Have I've been already tested a couple times before? Okay, let's figure out why I didn't feel. Let's figure out what I'm doing now to give me a positive test, okay? Because we're in the middle of the season, so. Basically, I'm around everybody and taking pretty much the same thing everybody else is taking in the clubhouse, but I'm the one that pops the test. So let's figure out what substance I took, okay? Let's figure that out first in the middle of the season. If it's first first drug test into spring training and I get popped, well, guess what? I, that's probably because I was juiced on the offseason. I got swolled, man. I'm rocking guns. I, the freaking sun's out, guns out, bro. That's how we roll. That's how we roll, right? Then guess what? I get suspended for spring training, okay? Then get suspended for 30 days in the league. For 30 30 days in the league. First suspense that season. Okay? Then we go back. Now we go to the second scenario. We go back to that first scenario. I then, midway through the season, I test positive again. Okay? Guess what? You're done for the rest of the season. All right? It's July. It's all-star break. You're just done for the rest of the year. Thanks for showing up. You're done. Okay? All right. So that's how that. Then I'm like, oh, all right, well, what do I got to So then I go, we'll do get clean, work out, whatever, come back, perform. All right. So then I'm like, not feeling the way I should be in the 2024 season. I'm like, you know what? I know they're testing me a lot, but I think I can get by with it by not. I think I can get one cycle in and be okay without getting caught. Well, guess what? I get caught for that other cycle. All right, so now I have three positive tests in, say, a year and a half. I am then suspended again for the rest of the year and half the and half the year the rest of the the rest of that season and then half the next season. Okay, that's how we do. Then, if I want to come back, guess what? It's commissioner's discretion. I have to prove to the commissioner that I am no longer taking steroids and I am no longer juicing. Is what I have to prove. To steroids. By this time, my club is probably say, "Yeah, we're not going to pay you no more. You're done." Okay, that's where we're at. Where we should be at with steroid use in baseball, football. I think you got it right. Football, you got it right. Four, eight year suspension. You want to come back after a year? Talk to the commissioner. Great. You come back for you come back and then you test positive. Guess what? You're done for a year. Come back for and talk to the commissioner. Guess what? You want to pop get popped again? Come back in a year. We'll talk to the commissioner again. Sooner or later, no one's going to touch you, and you're just out of the league. That's the way it is. So, 
I, I, <laughs> we need to revamp our thinking on, on how we penalize players for drug abuse is what we really need to do. We really need to just rethink that, that in this era of everything changing in society. So marijuana, we need to lessen the restrictions on that. Cocaine, heroin, we get them help. Um, methamphetamines, get them help. Steroids, be a little lenient on it, a little bit, maybe just a little, because again, it's not helping you. It's not helping you be a better, a better player. It's just letting you be a bigger player. Is probably is a great example. So, so, tone that down. Maybe bump that up a little bit. You know, depending on depending on what you're doing or not doing as a league. I don't know what hockey's is. I don't, I'm I'm really trying to get into hockey, guys, and I'm really trying to. So just bear with me to all my hockey listeners out here. At some point, I will ha- I will dedicate a show to hockey. But right now, it's baseball, football, and basketball, bro. Sorry for you. Um, and I'm sure there's a cricket world championship coming up at some point too. So we'll have to talk about that. But again, let's let's be realistic on our expectations as a society. What we're doing in society on certain towards certain drugs, how we treat that. Also, let's take into effect what state the the player plays in or lives in because different states have different laws obviously or countries because different countries have different laws as well let's let's actually have a thought process on and a reasoning why we are so actively penalizing guys so hard for drug abuse that's my take is we really need to think about was this was it really rampant back in the eighties? Yes. Did we fix the problem? No. Is it? Or did we fix it in the nineties? Yeah, a lot less use. Okay. So what we're doing now, what we did back then, now let's is the loose is the is the uh, usage up now as it was in the forty years ago? No, it's not. Usage is down. Like guys are using other things. They have trainers. Every athlete knows what he's putting in his body now. So loosen the restrictions a little bit. Let him smoke a little weed every once in a while. What's going to hurt? I mean, again, what do you do as a listener to relax? What do you do outside of work to relax? And then take what you do and what you think a player should do and go that route. Because just because they're a multimillionaire, because... They had God-gifted abilities handed to them, then that's great, you know. But doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to relax as a normal person. Also, you have to think of basketball had a huge cocaine issue in the '80s. Okay, Lynn Bias died of, of a cocaine overdose. Right? Here's the draft pick going to the Celtics, going to team of Larry Bird, and was going to be the reincarnation to help the Celtics continue their dominance for another 10, 15 years. And he dies of a Coke overdose. Uh, 70s, again, you go back to guys doing greenies and, and blueies, you know, greenies and blues popping pills before games. Lou Brock, I am certain probably did some pop some amphetamines and, and went, went out there and stole some bases. I mean, it's just the way it is, or the way it was, and we recognized it. We have since fixed the problem. A lot of players, athletes, are more, like I said, more concerned about what they're putting in their bodies now than they ever were 
in the history of sports. So maybe give them that little bit of that benefit of doubt. Not go crazy with it, but a little bit, lessen, lessen the penalties a little bit. You know, don't be so harsh about it. That's all I'm saying. And Bonds and Clemens, Palmero, Rodriguez all should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. If Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame, they should be in the Hall of Fame too. So, thank you. I have no more info to give on drug abuse at this point. I do want to say thanks to all of you, as usual, for getting this podcast off the ground the way it has. Uh, Reached 50 followers this morning. That's a huge deal. That was three weeks into this and we got 50 followers. Like you guys are awesome. We get, I mean, we get a, we have over 200 people that have actually started listening to a podcast less than a minute. All right. Well, you listen to it less for a minute. You didn't really like where I was going with it. That's fine. Turn it off. I'm fine with that. But Hey, at least you took the time to find it. You took the time to listen to it. The, the 70 of that have actually listened to a minute of it. Hey, I hope you guys come back. You know, this is just going to continue to get better and better, you know, especially if I can start getting some better equipment because right now it's just a mic plugged into my iPhone. So, and I'm sitting at a kitchen table. <laughs> so that's that's how we're rolling with this bad boy. Like it's great. It's just it's free flowing free flowing and fun to me, for me, and I'm glad you guys enjoy it too because the 50 of you that are listening to it, I really 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 appreciate you. And the next 50, I'm going to appreciate you. And if you just find in this podcast, go back, listen to the other episodes. Um, they're all really good. Uh, so far, the number one episode has still been Mount Rushmore. Right behind that's the Jordan and then the NFL review. And we also have the midseason report that just came out last week. So you guys are finding it. You guys are listening to it. You guys are apparently enjoying it. Um, and we're going to. Plans plans are to make this thing bigger throughout the year um, and just continue to grow this community that we're building here. One follower at a time, one listener at a time, one newbie at a time, one episode at a time. It's just amazing. And dreams are coming true because, again, never thought I'd start a podcast, let alone uh, here I am having 50 listeners. 50 followers, so that's great. Also, hey, huge shout-out to Matthew Berry on this podcast as well. Uh, If you go on Twitter uh, and look at his likes from last week, he liked my tweet, boys and girls. That's right. He liked my tweet, so that was a huge accomplishment for me. Guys, guys, huge into, you know, everybody knows who Matthew Berry is mostly, Uh, fantasy football guy, guy on has his own podcast, has his own show on ESPN, started from the bottom, you know, as he said in his 2018 column that, hey, when I started college back in the 90s, my job wasn't even around. And basically, he's one of the best, so if not the best fantasy football analyzer around. So, huge shout out to him for liking the tweet. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on TikTok. Yeah, um, Got about 10 videos out there. It's just me talking about, hey, going to look at, go watch my video or go listen to the podcast. And that's all we're using TikTok for. All right. Twitter, we'll post a few things on there. You can always reach me at one guy with a mic at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to have me discuss anything, 
the last two weeks I've been doing listener emails, so which has been huge for me because that means you guys want to be involved in it with the with this program just as I do, as much as I do. So continue to be great, continue to be listening to this, continue to just be you. All right, y'all have a great day. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintails.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.